mountaintop experiences. I've never had a literal mountaintop experience. I like working out, I like going to the gym, but I don't like hiking and I definitely don't climb mountains. But I've heard from people who do and have why that phrase is something that sticks, that we apply to other things in life. When, when people climb a mountain, they get to the top, the view that they have, a 360-degree view of everything around them is breathtaking. It's a moment. And it's one of those moments that a lot of people say, if they've ever climbed a really high mountain, is an experience that they will never forget, something they want to hold on to. The breathtaking nature of what they see is something amazing that they, they don't ever want to overlook or forget about. It's why that phrase has been taken and applied to, to life. Now, figuratively speaking, in, in life, all of us have mountaintop experiences. Like if you Google the phrase, you'll, you'll find people putting together a list of what those mountaintop experiences might be. And maybe you've had some. From anniversaries that are important in celebrating to, to monumental birthdays to retirement parties and that cool little plaque that your work gave you, mountaintop experiences. Maybe it's the birth of a, a child, your first one or the fourth one. Maybe it's a grandchild arriving. Maybe it's a wedding uh, and a day of celebration. Mountaintop experience are something all of us know of and probably have ingrained in our mind when they were. Like for the Glendy family, one of those mountaintop experiences was June 30th, 2017. It was the day my daughter got married. An amazing day, a whole lot of celebrations. And at the end of it, why I say that that's one of those days, my wife and I, after the after party, went up to the room at 2.30 or 3 a.m. in the morning, and she's like, I don't want it to end. Can we do it again? That's a mountaintop experience. And you've probably had those. And I want you to have that in your mind today as we get into our don't miss moment because for two years, the disciples had experienced a lot of those moments in Jesus' life. Like they had seen and had mountaintop experiences or as Pastor Mike likes to use, this kind of moment. They had seen miracles where Jesus raised the dead, we talked about that, fed 5,000, walked on water, and they didn't miss the moment. They had heard him deliver many messages that, that were powerful and, and life-changing, and, and they walked amongst the crowds who, who left most of those messages, as the Gospels record, amazed at the kind of teacher that he was in the moment. They even had seen Jesus walk through a crowd of people in his hometown who wanted to stone him, and he left unscathed. And I think all of those moments must have built inside of the disciples an idea, a belief, a thought about where they were going and what was in their future. Like they signed up for Team Jesus and experienced all those moments, and I'm guessing what they had in mind, what they'd experienced and seen had led them to their own conclusion of where this would go, the logical end, how it would end up for them, how it would end up for him. 
And that's why before we get to the don't miss moment in, in Jesus' life today, you need to see the moment that preceded it. Because we're two years into Jesus' ministry, and that idea in their mind of who they thought he was, who they were following, what they thought it was going to mean for them, and, and where it would lead for him was about to do a 180. All those moments of, of miracles and messages for the first time changed direction for Jesus. You see, in Luke chapter 9, we're going to take that turn with Jesus because for the first time, as Luke records it, of three times, he tells the disciples something like this. And you don't want to miss it because it matters to the moment we're going to talk about today. Jesus said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Those who want to save their lives will lose them, but those who lose their lives for me will save them. Like in that moment when Jesus says those words, one can only think what was going through the heads of the disciples. Well, Peter, by the Gospel of Mark, tells us what was going through their minds in the moment. While Luke doesn't record it, Mark's Gospel does. It says, Peter took him aside and objected to this. But Peter literally pulls Jesus aside and says, that's not the plan. That's not the way it's supposed to go. This isn't what we signed up for. That's not how it's supposed to end. And Mark records how Jesus rebuked him. And I want you to have that moment in your mind before we get to today's moment because I want you to, to think about and examine what was perhaps going on in the hearts of the disciples because of that moment. Like Jesus said, I'm going to suffer and die at the hands of God's people. Those disciples must have wondered, this guy we're following on Team Jesus is he really the Messiah? That's the way it's going to go down? Or how about Jesus' clear testimony to them of what they were going to experience because they were connected to him? If you're going to follow me, if you want to be on my team, you got to carry a cross. Like it's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. There's going to be suffering. And one can only imagine that over the next eight days before Luke shares with us what's coming next in the moment, Many of them maybe wrestled with, should I remain on the team or should I run? Is he really the one? Like, that's the question I think that many people in Jesus' day had of him. That the disciples tried to answer just a few verses earlier. That right now, in that moment, with those words, must have been in their heads and on their heart, is Jesus really the one? Like, we have an idea of what a Messiah should look like. We have an idea of, of where this should lead. We have an idea of, of what this should mean for us in our lives here on earth. And, and most of them probably didn't have that in mind. A cross, suffering, pain, a dead Messiah. And for 2,000 years, people have wrestled with that question. Is Jesus the one? 
And that's what I pray today's don't miss moment allows you and me to answer. In fact, over the next few minutes, I, I want to accomplish two things. I have two purposes. The first one is this, that you can learn something about Jesus, who he is from this moment. But then I also pray that Jesus, in this moment, God records it for a reason for us in our life of faith and allowed for it for those disciples because as followers of Jesus, what does this moment mean? And why does it matter? So what do I learn about Jesus and what do I learn about my life as a Jesus follower? In other words, when it comes back to this question, being able to answer it well and, and face the doubts when it happens is what I want you to leave with. Which is what the don't miss moment that we find in Luke chapter 9 that followed the words I talked about before gives us the answer to both of those questions. Let's turn to Luke's words as God inspired him to write. About eight days after Jesus said this, now I want to stop there and pause because God does not write his word inspired by the Holy Spirit without reason or thought. Like Luke intentionally goes from those words that he said about carrying crosses, dying, suffering, losing your life for the sake of Jesus, and he has nothing else in between. There's like an eight-day gap, and Luke intentionally tells you the next thing I'm about to share with you happened eight days later. Imagine eight days from that moment to what's coming next, the thoughts on the disciples' heart, the wonder that they had, the, the questions that they were asking, the conversations they were having, the plans they were considering, should we stay or should we go? And God inspires Luke to write what happens next, and you don't want to miss the moment. Peter, James, and John were taken with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. Now that went to shock those disciples in the moment because Jesus oftentimes did this. He would withdraw and he would pray, and, and sometimes he would take these three with him to, to private moments. But as he was praying, something different happened. The appearance of his face changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, the Old Testament greatest prophets, these two would have been in the top three or top four, probably top two, if we want to be honest, of God's prophets in the Old Testament, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared above them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. Now, if there was ever something that fits the description of a mountaintop experience, that's it. Like, literally, they were on a mountain, and figuratively, the experience was just that. But Peter's own words record that, even though he didn't know what he was saying. Foot in your mouth moment for Peter. Remember, we talked about him uh, in our Team Jesus series. But you can see from Peter's words, what was on Peter's heart, 
that he understood that this was a mountaintop experience to the point where he said, let's put up some tents and let's stay here. Let's hold on to this moment. Because for the last eight days, Peter probably had been thinking about what he said and how Jesus rebuked him for what he said. And here's probably Peter in the moment thinking, this, like this is what I signed up for. This is who I believed you are. This reinforces it and proves it like this. Let's, let's put up some tents. Let's hold on to this. Let's never let it go. And maybe just maybe it'll reveal to everyone who you are and not just for a moment. And it definitely was a spiritual mountaintop experience. And it definitely served a purpose. For 33 years of his human life, Jesus walked around and, and he heard phrases like, can anything good come from Nazareth? Like they looked at him like an ordinary human being who was just like you and me. For most of his ministry, even when he did great things, he, he walked when he went from city to city almost all the time. He, he talked in the same language that the, the people he encountered could understand. He, he ate meals regularly. He slept like his disciples. Like he was an average person who did a few extraordinary things that a small crowd of people experienced. But in this moment, he was different. Like true man, born of Mary, raised by Joseph, human like you and me with emotions, in this moment was in all God's glory. The other Gospels, when they record this moment, they don't sugarcoat it. His face shone as bright as the sun. And I think about how bright the sun is some days when I drive down College Avenue and it gets right above the, the overpass and it is at a point where my windshield... Blinder cannot be put down far enough to see, like I'm blinded in the moment. But in that moment, they're not talking about that sun, that that's far away, like that close to the sun, so bright, so glorious, they couldn't function and they couldn't fathom it. Like God didn't want them to, to miss this moment because he wanted them to know the answer to that question. Is he the one? And they could see in that moment he was different than anyone who had ever walked the face of planet Earth. And add to it, in that moment, they experienced something no one else had seen. They saw, literally, Elijah and Moses, glorious as well. Elijah, God's prophet in the Old Testament who never faced death, and Moses, the great prophet of the Old Testament who God said about there's never been a man or prophet like Moses since. And they're there with him. The ones who prophesied and predicted and pointed people to Jesus were on the mountain, encouraging him, discussing with him, reminding him, talking about his mission, what he came to do. And literally his exodus, his leaving, his departure, which was coming close, which would fulfill that mission. And you add to the moment, not just the glory, not just those people, not just the, the conversation, but then God wraps it up. He seals the deal. He makes sure you don't miss the moment of what he wants to reinforce for those disciples who must have been doubting 
and wrestling with the question, is he the one? God himself speaks and says, this is my son. I have chosen him. The other gospels record with whom I am well pleased. He's followed my will. He's obeyed my law. He is fulfilling my plan. I am pleased with the work he has done. He is holy. He is perfect. He is my son. Listen to him, Peter, James, and John. See, the question the disciples are wrestling with, the question people in Jesus' day were wrestling with, the question that people still today wrestle with, is Jesus the one? And God, in that moment, Jesus, in that moment, gives us the answer, he is my son. He's the very son of God. And here's why that moment mattered. Remember what I said from this point forward, Jesus is headed in one main direction to the ultimate moment. In fact, this story, historically, in the Christian church, is found every year in something called a lectionary. And it's found on the Sunday, right before people enter into the season of Lent. The season of suffering, the season of pain, the season of blood, the season of death, the season of sin, the season of guilt. When Jesus is beaten and ugly and doesn't look all glorious, but actually looks like a criminal. And the Christian church has put it there for a reason, because that glory, that moment, is something God wants us to remember and hold on to, because he's not just a human being like you and me. He's true man, but he is true God in the flesh. And I want you to hold on to the moment God said. And I want you to listen to him. Because he's my son. And Peter, James, and John would need that moment because it wasn't permanent. And it wasn't intended to be. God never intended to set up his kingdom on earth. God, God never intended this sinful world to, to be a place where, where all his glory was revealed each and every day. But he gave them that moment because he knew that there would be moments like Holy Week when they would have highs and, and then lows like Good Friday when they all ran and hid on Saturday when they must have come back to the question is he really the one or wasn't he? or after his ascension when he was no longer there and they would begin to be persecuted for their faith. See, the disciples were going to face those cross moments, those difficult moments, those suffering moments, the ones he had predicted right before that moment. And, and he didn't want them to forget that, but he wanted them to hold on to that in those moments. And then imagine Peter, James, and John, the early Christian church, read the book of Acts. It didn't take long for the the Jewish leaders to come after them, put them in jail, put them on trial, persecute them. It didn't take long until chapter 12 when Herod arrested both James and Peter and he took James out of the cell and killed him with the sword. 
And some 30 years later, history tells us Peter met his death just as he predicted. He knew it was coming on a cross, but he was upside down. See, Jesus knew that his disciples were going to face moments just the opposite of mountaintop experiences, but more like the valley of the shadow of death, like King David described. And he wanted them to hold on to that glimpse of his glory, remember who he was, because those moments are hard. Our faith will be challenged. When ridiculed and questioned by others, when, when attacked for what we believe, when, when spiritually it's not a mountaintop experience, but we're as low as it gets, and we wonder where God is. We wonder if God cares. We wonder, can God really be the one if this is what I have? Remember that moment. You need that moment. Because otherwise, what Jesus predicted would happen, you might lose your soul. And I don't know what kind of moment you're going through. Like, I love mountaintop experiences. They happen spiritually. They happen to us in our earthly life. But we also have a lot of valley moments. And maybe yours right now are financial. You're struggling. Your job is disappearing. Maybe yours are relational. And your spouse who, who left you and your relationship that's broken is... There's a big valley in your life. And sadly, it's not just a moment, but it's carrying on for a long time. Maybe it's an emotional moment. I, I don't know what moment you're going through, but I guarantee you in life, we all go through moments. We lose loved ones. We face physical suffering. We, we face spiritual challenges. We face emotional difficulties. And I need you to remember that moment. Jesus gave them that moment for a reason, and he wants you to hold on to it too. So when you're having moments, remember the mountain top moment. Remember these words of Luke chapter 9, that what the disciples saw. They saw his glory and the two men standing with him. They heard God's voice. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Like when you're in those moments, remember who he is. Remember his promise that he is with you. Remember his promise that he'll never leave you or forsake you. Remember, the one on the mountain is the very Son of God. And remember why that's so important to hold on to that moment. Because another mountain was in his future. In a few weeks, we're going to journey to that mountain, Mount Calvary. The name attached to it, a place the world would call shameful, we call good. So when you're having one of those, those moments, the valleys, the difficulties, like Peter, James, and John no doubt would have experienced, like Christians have for 2,000 years, when you're left with the question, is Jesus the one? When you're having one of those moments, remember the mountain. Remember the one who's, who's on the mountain, son of God which means he is perfect. Remember the moment he is God himself. He is with you and he promises to bring you through it.
He'll not leave you or forsake you in the moment. When you're having one of those moments spiritually and the devil's attacking your heart, remember the mountain. The one where he appeared in all his glory and the one where he breathed his last to redeem you and me from our sins. And friends, you heard it before, but Peter didn't miss the importance of the moment. In fact, in 2 Peter chapter 1, he said, I'm going to keep telling you about these moments over and over and over and over because I don't want you to forget the moment. What it means about who he is and what it means for you and your life of faith because 2 Peter is a book about Christians facing suffering, facing difficulties, facing opposition, facing challenges. Hold on, remember the mountain in all those moments. Peter said, we didn't follow cleverly invented stories, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received glory and honor from God the Father when the voice came from heaven, from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. The Christians Peter was writing to, no doubt, had some of the same questions he wrestled with. Is Jesus the one? And Peter said, there is no doubt. We heard the voice. He is God's son. When you're having those moments, remember the mountain. Like Peter got to see it with his own eyes. And I'm sure he held on to that moment. My guess is Peter could close his eyes and, and visualize it. And while he wanted to hold on to it on that day, he was able to hold on to it in his mind because it was so important to remember who God's Son really is. The one who went to a mountain so that you and I might spend eternity with him. Like Peter got to see that moment and hold on to that moment, and God doesn't want you to miss that moment. It's why we have things like this in our, in our homes and, and in our lives. Like we have the amazing ability to take pictures and, and print photographs so that we can hold on to the moments. Like this sits in my office. If you ever come in, you would see it pretty clearly on right off the side. I get to see it every day. And you know why it's there in that position, in that place? Because I, I don't want to forget the moment. Like this picture reminds me of, of that day when I saw my daughter for the first time in her wedding dress. It reminds me of being under that arch and, and me freezing and, and not going when I was supposed to and her having to whisper in my ear, Dad, it's time to go. It's seeing the faces of all our family and friends who were there. It's the dancing. It's the laughter. It's the after party. Zach, Miranda, I won't tell the stories about your friends because those were good moments too. My friends, as much as we have pictures like this that help us remember amazing mountaintop experiences, I need you to hold on to that moment. And while you didn't see it firsthand, Peter wants you to hold on to it because that moment reminds you of who God is. Because he wants you to not miss out on another moment. Like when you walk through the gates of heaven and Jesus welcomes you into his arms, and you see him in all his glory like Peter did 
on that mountain in that moment. And here's the amazing thing that that moment will bring. It won't be momentary. It will be forever. Is Jesus the one? God's answer, he is my son. And the mountain moment guarantees it, Peter said. Brothers and sisters, hold on to that moment so that one day you get to experience that mountaintop, Mount Zion, eternity with Jesus in all his glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, life is filled with, with so many this moments, but it's also filled with many valleys. You told your disciples they were going to face crosses, deal with suffering, that you were going to die. It wasn't what they expected the moment to be. But then you gave them this moment. All your glory revealed who you were. God, the Father himself, declaring it, giving you his stamp of approval. Because on another mountain, the one who died is the Savior. And the one who died is the very Son of God who could accomplish what we needed in that moment so that we could experience glory for eternity. Lord, we pray as we continue to the cross and see more this moments, you help us hold on to this one until that final moment when we take our final breath and we see you in all your glory, just like Peter, James, and John did that one day.